Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Indie Cider Podcast, where we play indie games and then speak with the developers. My name is Ken Gaggy, and I'm your host. In this week's episode... With the soundtrack, there's a linearity. There's something that, you know, connects everything together. Even if you listen to the soundtrack itself, it almost tells a story with the recurring motives and linking together of ideas. That's Mr. Ken Gao of Freebird Games, developer of A Bird Story. This game released earlier this month on Steam for PC, Mac, and Linux for $5, or with the soundtrack for $7. You can also buy the soundtrack separately on Steam or Bandcamp for $3. A Bird Story is the sixth game from Freebird Games, and it is the second game in a series, the original game being To the Moon, a four-hour narrative interactive story, and... A bird story continues that tradition of interactive narrative. This game takes about one hour to play, and it is very light on gameplay. There are no puzzles, there is no combat, and there's also, very interestingly, no dialogue or written text. On the surface, it looks like a top-down RPG with 16-bit sprites in the style of, say, Final Fantasy or other Super Nintendo games. And it tells the story of a young boy who discovers a wounded bird on his way home from school one day, and he nurses the bird back to health. For the majority of the game, you don't even control the main character. At certain points in the game, a keyboard flashes on the screen indicating that you now have control, and you are able to move him up, down, left, and right, and press spacebar for some limited interaction with the environment, such as throwing a paper airplane or picking up a coat off a bed before you go out of your apartment to go to school for the day. There is almost nobody else you interact with because this character is very lonely. There is a faceless teacher and a veterinarian whom you later meet, but that's just about it. Most of your time is spent alone and trying to escape from the world and enjoying your time with this bird. I admire what an innovative use this is for the medium when the author could have chosen to tell his story via a book or graphic novel, and also I enjoyed the fact that it had no dialogue. It really allowed the game's soundtrack to take center stage, and that's one thing that these games are really well known for. To the Moon had a marvelous soundtrack. If you've never played the game, you don't even need to do so to appreciate those tunes. I encourage you to give them a listen. Now, as part of my YouTube channel, I often do Let's Plays, which is me playing a game while offering audio commentary. I've done this for a variety of Nintendo Wii U games, Xbox, PlayStation games, Shadowgate on the Mac, and of course for the first 10 minutes of every IndieCider video. You don't get to hear that in this, the audio version of IndieCider, but it's worth noting that I originally did try to do a standalone Let's Play of A Bird Story prior to this week's interview. And after about 10 minutes of trying to offer audio commentary on what was happening on the screen, I realized that everything I was saying was distracting from the gameplay. The game has no text, no dialogue, and there was nothing I could say that would enhance your experience. The game speaks for itself. Everything you need to know and experience and see and hear is right there on the screen and in the soundtrack. So when I published that Let's Play, I deleted my own audio track and just played the game beginning to end for one hour and put that up on YouTube and let it stand on its own. And although the game does speak for itself, I'm still interested in speaking with the developer and asking him about his thought processes and how and why he made the decisions he did. So with that in mind, let us get to this week's interview with Mr. Ken Gao. Today I'm speaking with the founder, director, composer, and all-around great guy Ken Gao of Freebird Games, which recently published To the Moon. Hello, sir. Hi there. Nice to be here. 
Thank you for your time. I appreciated it. So I just finished playing To the Moon. There's a full one hour long play on my YouTube channel. And I played this game without, unfortunately, having played your previous game, most recent game, To the Moon, which I've been wanting to play ever since I picked it up in a humble bundle about a year or two ago. Tell me, what am I missing by this being the first time I've played a Freebird game? Nothing, really. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think it might actually be a better practice to um, play a bird story before To the Moon, because... I think having after played to the moon, there are certain, uh, there are a lot more expectations of not just of, um, and I don't mean that by, you know, a matter of quality or whatnot, but the different kind of game it is, you know, a bird story is much more, um, minimalistic. It really is meant to be a very simple short, whereas to the moon is one of the more, you know, it's more like a feature than, uh, than a short. So I've played a bird story. It took me about an hour to finish. How long is to the moon in, in comparison? It's about uh, four and a half hours. Okay. Have people gone from that game to a bird story and been surprised or disappointed? Uh, they have. Yeah, I've definitely been seeing um, reactions from both sides, uh, like those who uh, played uh, to, the moon, uh, to the moon and then they played a bird story. And some of them loved it. You know, some of them did uh, take uh, did enjoy like the different um, way it was presented because in a way it really is a very different game, uh, if you would call it that. Uh, but then there are people who expected expected uh, a story that's much more in depth, you know, um, and it has like that actually has twists and all that like uh to the moon for example so yeah there were uh definitely uh people on both sides of the reaction you said it's a different kind of game if you choose to call it that are those who are there those who do not consider this a game uh certainly i mean to be honest my i myself i'm kind of on the fence um i'd like for it to be considered a game <laughs> you know I, I feel like the term game is still somewhat um um loose of a term Especially considering, you know, compared to movie, like I, I really think games have a d completely additional dimension to it. I mean, and, yeah, and completely like additional dimension compared to movie. So they're actually not on the same tier, you know, whereas in movie you have the genres of movie, you know, uh, you have the action movie, romance movie, etc. For games, you can have all of that and then what kind of game it is, you know, and that. Uh, that uh, has different levels of interactivity or gameplay or different types of involvement. That's true. There is the kind of story that the game is trying to tell, and then there's how it's trying to tell the story, and those are mm -hmm. two different kinds of things. It's kind of like acapella music or interactive fiction text adventures. That is the manner in which they're presenting their art, but it's not what the art contains. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So in that case, why did you choose to tell your story as a video game when its interactive features are you know, somewhat minimal. You could have made a book or a graphic novel, for example. To be honest, I really do think uh, the subtle interactivity to it um, does have does play a, uh, like a significant role in like a more subtle way. For To the Moon, for example, a part of the gameplay involves uh, you know going around the map, and it's almost like a egg hunt. You know, you find uh, different mementos that mean something to the uh, to the character at that at that scene of their life so in like a from a purely mechanical sense it's just you know just an egg, egg hunt you know pixel hunt you look for items that you know perhaps that uh by chance activate something but from the story perspective i you know my my personal belief i suppose is that it actually does give that more of an impact to uh like the memorability of each item and the story is almost like 
putting together a puzzle. You know, it's told in a reverse chronological order and all these different mementos kind of chain together to the final conclusion at the end. If you were to watch that as a movie, it's different. It's hard to keep track of where each item was in the timeline and at the places and, you know, what they were. You know, you would blink of the eye and you've missed it. But in a scenario of like an active involvement, even if it's just, you know, finding the item and clicking on it, I think that has more of an impact on the memory. Uh, and it makes it easier when you finally need to draw all the memories of the items you found in different timelines and put them together. No, that makes plenty of sense. And that's been my own experience as well. Just the act of being engaged in something makes it more memorable. For example, taking notes about a lecture as opposed to just being lectured. Mm -hmm. Right. Is a bird story based on any personal experiences or any pets that you've had? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I would say I would go as far as to say all my games are pretty much, uh, based on personal experiences, but it's always mixed of truth and fiction, you know, as far as pets go, uh, yeah, there was a, uh, I did have some interactions with a bird when I was a kid. Uh, that was actually when I was, um, I forgot how old, but how young, but I think it was definitely before I was 10. It was a winter time and I actually found a, um, I think it was a sparrow. I'm not. I'm not certain because at the time I had no idea, but it was um, kind of just flopping around on the ground, and it apparently uh, couldn't fly. So I brought it back home, and um, you know my mom was scared because she's afraid of uh, mice, and that kind of reminded her of it. Um, but um, so yeah, like I still have no idea what happened there. But it actually had um, it, it had kind of a runny nose. I didn't even know that birds can have that. But yeah, I, I tried to take care of it. You know, I tried to, um, it was cold outside. So I kind of brought it in and get, put it in like a little shoebox with holes on it. And then um, I like put some uh, grains and rice and stuff in there and some water. But uh, no, it, it didn't survive the night. That was only what made me decide the setting of the game. But, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, it's like cathartic to have something that perhaps ending a better way. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've noticed that birds are a recurring theme in your games, not only in a bird story and in a previous game you made called The Mirror Lied, but even right in the name of your organization, Free Bird Games. Why is this? What can I say? Birds are cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just a, I don't know. I just the sense of, you know, flight, I suppose. It's, um, I guess, like even in the game, in the name of the, you know, the game label, Freebird Games, it's not just like bird; it's a free bird. <laughs> There's that sense of uh, um, freedom that comes with the sense of bird that you know it takes you anywhere. <laughs> and I don't know. It's I guess I just like flying, <laughs> to put it simply. So if you had to choose between being invisible or being able to fly, you'd go with flying every time. Yeah, I mean, if you fly really high, that's like the same as being invisible, right? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's so true. Your game is also notable for not including any dialogue, either written or spoken. And that, I think, opens your game up to a much wider audience. You have not only people who may not know one language or the other, but also people whose language skills just aren't that good. For example, a friend of mine said she wanted to play your game with her six-year-old daughter because mm -hmm. her language skills aren't the best. And if she can get into a game without having to stumble over the text and really pour over it, that will really draw her in. Did you have specific audiences in mind when you made that decision? 
At first, no. Um, at first, it was. I mean, <laughs> I pretty much, to be honest, I make games in a very selfish way. I make them for myself, as a almost like a catharsis kind of way. And I was actually on the fence for the longest time with whether to put some dialogues in there. Um, and what really made me tip over to the side of just completely no dialogue was uh, was that you know the universality of it. Yeah, and I you know I'm really fond of sometimes when you watch like an animated short. And there's no dialogue, and it conveys something so simple but very pure. And you know, no matter what culture you're in, what language you speak, you get it. You know, and I think that's uh, that's something very fascinating and something, although simple, but also profound in some other ways, in the sense that it connects people. And uh, so, yeah, that's what me uh, what made me tip over to that side of the fence. Were there things that you felt you needed to include in the game to compensate for the lack of dialogue? For example, I noticed that the sprites in this game have ten times more frames of animation than in your previous game. <laughs> yeah, it's um, well, I would, uh, not exactly ten times the frames, but just uh, the number of uh, sprites <laughs> that uh, that were used. Yeah, it was that was definitely uh, necessary to compensate for it, you know, and it was one of the more it's probably the most challenging aspect of it to convey things um, graphically, but with such limited type of graphic, <laughs> you know, just, you know, in most wordless storytelling medium, media, uh, like, you know, animated short, et cetera, you have different camera angles, you can zoom, you can zoom out. It's easy to, to show something by just literally showing the picture of it. But Something I ran into um, that was very troublesome while making a bird's ray was, um, for example, there was a scene where, uh, with the, like, uh, well, it's not too much of a spoiler, but okay, so it involves blankets, right? And for the longest time, on the script, it's extremely simple. But when I put it in like a pixel, uh, pixel art, it doesn't help that my pixel art skills suck, <laughs> you know? Uh, nobody could tell what was going on in that scene. So I had to play around and uh, devise like different ways to see if it works just to get around that, you know, pixel graphics barrier. One of the other qualities of your game that really speaks to the players is the audio. And in both of your last two games, the soundtrack has been magnificent. As I said, I've never played to the moon. And often if I am going to appreciate a game soundtrack, I need to have some familiarity with the context in which the music is occurring. I need to know what sort of scene it's trying to invoke. But with To The Moon soundtrack, I don't have to have played the game. I love that soundtrack, and A Bird Story is quite excellent as well. And yet, in a recent interview with Analog Addiction, you said that you don't consider yourself that much of a composer. So why you sit down on yourself? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I think in some ways it's definitely true. Like, from a technical technical as uh, aspect i am not much of a composer at all like i didn't really go to like you know i didn't study study theory in that sense and what helps with the things that i make is that even if the people who aren't um you know who are listening to it like uh haven't played the actual game itself it was composed with context and not just knowing the context but because I'm fortunate enough, you know, to be able to control both at the same time. I really do think that carries over to something. And I think, you know, the difference between um, a great soundtrack and a great, um, and it's just like a lot of great tracks, you know, bundled in your bag, is that with the soundtrack, there's 
there's a linearity. There's something that you know connects everything together, and that you know even even if you listen to the soundtrack itself, it almost tells a story with the recurring motifs, and you know just the link linking together of ideas. So you have the soundtrack, you have the the sprites, and yet in the interview with Analog Addiction, you commented that some of the parts of the game were so hard to get just right that they had to be made and remade. Since you are so involved with the production of your game, as people can pick up from the many titles you carry with Freebird Games, what would you say is the hardest part of making a game like A Bird Story? <clears throat> well, I, I would say uh, from a technical perspective, it was definitely um, just getting around the barriers of um, you know the low resolution graphics and the like. Um, there are uh, the more difficult aspects of it that um, I don't know. It's more on the personal front, so it's not really uh, much of a like an actual technical aspect. So, from a narrative perspective, what beats in the game or what scenes in the game did you really have to work at to say, yeah, that's conveying the message, or this is what I want the player to get across? This may not be the the most difficult, but it's definitely uh, what first came to mind, um, and that is the the first the first act per se. I wanted to kind of convey a sense of loneliness, but not exactly in a pitiful sense. Like the boy goes home and he's you know he's still having fun, even though he's not lonely. You know, it's he's not just like totally depressed. <laughs> and I think that was one of the more difficult parts to get across. And I still think. It could have been so much better, um, especially in matter of you know a sense of player involvement, I suppose, um, because I think that is one of the more like the beginning part of the game before um, the bird is actually introduced. Um, that part of the game is very slow paced. So yeah, I think something could have been uh, done with that to retain that um, that mood, but still add more of a sense of involvement. You mentioned that the character is lonely in a sort of longing sense, how he just feels like something is missing. You could say that this game is about a little boy who finds a wounded bird and nurses him back to health, but that's at a very superficial level that the game is being described. More substantially, what would you say the game is about, or what themes is it trying to convey? I would say loneliness and selfishness. Those are the two. Selfishness? <laughs> but isn't it a selfless act of the boy to help the bird? Is it? Does <laughs> <laughs> he help it because he wanted the bird to be better, just purely because of that, or was he just looking for a friend? Hmm. I mean, I feel I feel like toward the end of the game, it, you almost see his you know selfish side kind of manifest, and you know a lot of his decisions are questionable, <laughs> to be honest. And um, yeah, I think those are the two. <laughs> Now, as I mentioned, you wear many hats at Freebird Games, but you also have quite a team working with you, helping with animation, uh, composition, and the like. How did you find such talented individuals? How do you attract them to work with Freebird, and, and where are they even located? You know, I have no idea. I just, I've always just thought myself to be, uh, to be substantially lucky to uh, just bring to people like that. Um, let's see, a lot of them um, I did, you know, when I was starting to make games uh, many years ago, I was more involved in a lot of the um, game making communities, and 
back then we did a lot of bartering, you know, because uh, none of us had any money. And we were just uh, like, so I would be writing music and I, I'm be making my game and someone else would be making their graphics and they would be making their game. So whenever I needed some graphics done and I, that like, I absolutely cannot do, I knock on their door and I'd be like, hey, like, I'll write you this music for your game if you can help me with some of the graphics here for my game. Uh, so that was a lot of um, what came to be. And I think even now, that's uh, that's almost all of the folks uh, who I'm working with right now. That's like how we came to be. So you have credits in a lot of other games, other people's games besides Freebird? Well, no, this is from way back. And I think most of the games uh, weren't finished. Um, but yeah, I, I do have some random credits from back in the days in uh, a lot of the indie, like, indie games. I mean, how far back are we talking here? Oh, like, you know, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, way back. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of going back many years, A Bird Story was years in the making. When can we hope to see your next game, To the Moon 2? To be honest, it's actually probably going to be sooner than the time between To the Moon and A Bird Story. Um, a Bird Story, this is like part of the thing I'm, I feel actually kind of bad about, the fact that it took so long for, you know, something that's seemingly so short and you know, uh, like a small of a project. Um, there were really a lot of um, extraordinary circumstances involved and um, that, you know, contributed to the delays of the game. But for the next game, it's going to be much less, like, it's so odd because Birthday is like the, sim- the simplest thing I've made, but it's, it's so... <sighs> complicated to make for so many reasons even though it doesn't seem like it but the next game is going to be more you know to the moon like more of a feature and i honestly think it's going to be a lot easier to make and it's actually been like floating around in my head for a long time now so it's not you know i already have the main um, direction of the how it will go planned out so hopefully that will make it uh, a lot more of a smoother uh, production do you recommend that gamers will have played the original To the Moon and A Bird Story before they play To the Moon 2? To the Moon, not so much. But A Bird Story, it will have. Um, it definitely would. I'm trying to make it so it's not necessary to have played A Bird Story, but it's definitely better if they have. And there's a lot more um, depths to the character that could be understood, even though it might seem so simple uh, by itself. Well, I'm very much looking forward to playing it. One of the biggest obstacles for me to get my hands on the original To the Moon was the lack of a Mac port, and I'm very glad to see that <laughs> a bird story came out simultaneously for PC and Mac, and I'm hopeful that that sets the precedent for your future games to have simultaneous releases as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. I, I do think that will be the case because uh, the technical difficulties have actually been worked out already for the engine. So um, with each new release, uh, it should be um, it should be fairly guaranteed, and that is all thanks to, uh, you know, uh, folks who from the Freebird Games community actually uh, that I met them from um, the Encurio who helped uh, who helped make it like the engine actually possible and Ali who helped with the uh, the Mac port and yeah I'm really grateful for them and um, it wouldn't have been possible without them. Great and I'm grateful as well. So remind our listeners where we can find your games and you online. Oh sure. Uh, well. I suppose just uh, there's uh, it's on Steam, GOG, and Humble Store uh, for all of them, and I think To the Moon right now is also on uh, Green Man Gaming. Um, but yeah, like there's I just suppose just 
of oh, freebirdgames.com. That's where that's the hub of where all the things are. And you yourself are on Twitter as well? Yep, I am. And uh, my Twitter and Facebook uh, for Freebird is linked on uh, freebirdgames.com. Great. Well, thank you so much mm-hmm. for your time. And I look forward to playing more of your games, sir. Uh, thank you, Ken. Uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you for the chat. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you. This has been Indie Cider, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net. What is your title at Freebird Games? Uh, well, uh, let's see. It's really, it's pretty much I, whatever I call myself. <laughs> so uh, just founder, director, composer, <laughs> whatever sounds the least pretentious. Actually, whatever sounds the most pretentious, that'd be fun.